Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your Life Transitions Coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, Life Transitions and Relationship Coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Today's topic is keep your willpower strong and still fight urges. Many of us rely on our willpower to get us through the day when we're uh, fighting urges such as eating things we know we shouldn't, uh, things that aren't on our eating plan or smoking or drinking or other overstimulating activities. So we're going to get into how self-awareness is the best way to deal with the urges when they arise. As I said, the first step is awareness, becoming conscious. Awareness is always the first step to self-control. And then and this is the hard part for most of us, especially me, spend the necessary time and effort to understand your habits and triggers. Instead of just being sub unconscious, unconsciously just, oh, look, there's candy, and put it in your mouth. And I do this all the time. Uh, or look, oh, there's some nuts, and I'm going to just, you know, didn't ask myself, are you hungry? Do you really need that? Is that on your eating plan? Just went ahead, grabbed it, and put it in my mouth. It's important to spend the necessary time to understand ourselves. What are our habits and what are our triggers? A lot of us, when we get stressed, all of our good planning and good intentions go out the window. And we need to know that about ourselves. And we also need to know what causes that stress so we can be on the alert for it. We're going to focus on one improvement at a time. You can't do everything at once, right? No. Uh, you can't fix your diet and stop smoking and, uh, you know, uh, what else? Uh, stop drinking and, um, you know, uh, improve everywhere all at once. It's too much. And you will not have enough willpower to last you through the day if you're trying to do more than one thing. So uh, focus on that one improvement at a time and then track your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions related to that, I'm going to call it a project, <laughs> related to that goal or project. <clears throat> track that as you're working on it because then it's easier for you to look back and say, oh, look, look at the progress I made and celebrate those wins. So what do you think about being aware how does it help you to be aware and conscious when you're trying to make healthy changes? So, so the challenge for me has always been what you just described. It's one thing to be aware and work to being healthy. And then it's another thing to pass by the, the bag of candy your grandkids left on the counter <laughs> without reaching in for a Snickers, you know, a mini mm. Snickers. Mm -hmm. And so... And you can always justify it. Oh, it's just one. Yes. Oh, this is my Halloween treat. That's right. You know, <laughs> so justifying it is always easy. The hard part is having the intestinal fortitude necessary to carry you through the because because it's not just that one candy bar. It's the uh, the other day I was uh, I had picked up some clothing at the um, dry cleaners, mm -hmm. and on the outside of the clothing it, there was a little package, and the little package contained a couple of of uh, round candies that I'd left in my pocket that they took out and sent me back. 
So my first reaction is, mmm, candy, surprise candy. You <laughs> surprise know, candy. Surprise candy. It's like finding, like when they leave it, oh, we found a $20 bill, you know. Surprise money. Well, this was surprise candy. And my, you know, at that moment, you have the two little apple and cherry candies in front of you. And it's really hard to say no at that point. And then, and then you're counting. I know three, can, three of those candies are 60 calories. That means two of them are 40 calories. All sugar, of course. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make a conscious decision like, can, yeah. can I do this? And a, yeah. a lot of times we're just not strong enough to do that. And, and the way that you build strength is like anything else, right? You build strength in your arms by lifting weights and doing it consistently. That's right. You build strength in your intestinal fortitude. You had a name for it. Your, willpower. Your willpower by not doing it. That's It's, you know. The, the more you don't do it, the stronger you get. Mm-hmm. So eventually you're going, no, do something else with those candies. Exactly, something else. Right. We always need to find that instead. And if we plan that ahead, when I'm Thanks shown candies, yeah. here's what I'll do instead. So it's a good idea to have that plan in place. It was really cute the other day. Uh, Shelly and Kevin were over because we were having a get-together with some friends of ours. And, uh, you know, it was late in the evening and it was starting to wrap up. And Kevin and Shelly were uh, walking out. And Kevin was behind Shelly in the hallway. And Shelly reached back to grab one last little piece of candy in that bag of candy that my grandkids had left behind. And she got three steps and she went, oh, I can't do that. And she walked back I put it back. Put it back. I did. And and left. And, yeah. (laughs) So, unconscious habits. What are unconscious habits? They are habits of momentary pleasure. Like uh, maybe uh, a drink, a smoke, uh, a donut, uh, you know, something that you know is not really good for you, but it feels good in the moment. We neglect listening to our body, that's when we form that habit, right? Our body might be saying, I just had a big spaghetti dinner, I do not need tiramisu, and we just say, shut up body, My, I feel like eating it. <laughs> and you're, you're in a social situation yeah. where everybody else is having the tiramisu right. and saying how good it is mm, and it having the conversation, good. how the, the tiramisu good. that Costco makes is the best tiramisu. Right. You know, it's hard to it turn is. it down with it that is. kind of social... But if I were to listen to my body, it would say, I am too full, do not, do not eat anything else right now. Uh, and we also, we don't learn how to process and utilize emotion, such as everybody else is eating it. If I didn't have any, I would feel deprived. How can I handle feeling deprived? How can I handle that emotion? I need to pay attention to it, process it. And use that emotion instead of ignoring it, going unconscious and just going along with the crowd. Everybody's having it. I'm going to have some too. We uh, lose signals because the signals in our body uh, in terms of hunger and fullness are no longer accurate. And why is that? It's because of the things we've been eating. We've been eating sugar, flour, refined and processed food. And these all contain ingredients that mess with our hormones and our brain neurotransmitters. Uh, They give us a dopamine hit. Yeah, that sugar made me feel great. And I'm happy and I'm excited and I want some more. Um, 
that's that dopamine hit. And it's not just from food. Sometimes it's from activities, uh, watching porn or some kind of sexual activity, or it might be something that's a risky behavior of some sort, um, you know, driving really fast or whatever it might be in your case. That dopamine rush substance or activity interferes with our willpower uh, because it says, your brain says, oh, look, there's this cool donut right here. And if I eat it, I'm going to feel really happy and jazzed. And then I'm going to have a lot of dopamine going on. So we have a hard time listening to our body during that. Just had that big spaghetti dinner. Now there's tiramisu. What should my body be signaling? It should be saying, I'm full. Don't eat anymore. But I'm not listening. I've lost that signal because I'm getting that dopamine, you know. I'm having a good time. I'm drinking wine. I'm eating tiramisu. I'm having, you know, I've had all that starch and all that flour. And it messes with your hormones and it messes with your neurotransmitters. When we decide to change a habit of overeating, overdrinking, or any kind of overstimulation, we then have to decide every day to commit to that goal and plan what to do instead. And we just talked about this. What do I do instead? That candy's in my face. What do I do instead? We're going to make a plan for that because that's going to happen. No matter what our goal is, it could just be uh, there's a great TV show on and I know I'm supposed to be doing this work right now. I want to go watch that TV show instead of doing this work. That could be another thing that you've had to decide in advance. It's on my calendar. I'm going to follow it. i got to go do it. What are our decision makers? We have two of them in our brain. We have the primal brain back here, right? The monkey brain, the brain that just runs our body and, and the fight or flight kind of things that are going on. Um, it, it loves instant gratification, reward and pleasure in the moment. Oh, that donut looks great. Let me have that, right? Oh, dopamine. Yay. Um, you know, oh, that I, I see, I see the, that champagne and I want it. I see that bottle of wine and I want it. I see something and I want it. That's your primal brain. Then we have the prefrontal cortex, the PFC up front, the human smartness brain, you know, the part of us that makes those really good thought out planning for the future decisions. Uh, it knows how to delay gratification and wait for uh, the good things in life. In other words, give up what you want right now for what you want most. So it knows I have a goal so I can put other things aside and and wait. The primal brain, not so much. So how do we balance those out and, and use our PFC a little more than our primal brain? Uh, we, when we have an urge, there's no need to comply, right? We need to know that. I just, because I feel like eating that donut doesn't mean I have to. Just because everybody's having tiramisu doesn't mean I have to. Just because everybody's having a glass of wine or a margarita doesn't mean I have to. I don't have to comply. I would like to have that. I think I think it would taste good, and I think it would be f kind of fun. But I don't have to do it. It's a choice. 
right? No food is jumping up into your face and saying, you have to eat me. (laughs) It's always a choice. So what do we do when we're faced with an urge? We need to slow down and notice what's happening. You know, take a step back. Okay, now I see the room. Everybody's having a party. They're having margaritas. They're having wine. They're having the dessert. Let me think about this. Do I want this? Is this fitting in with my goal? So we take that step back and remove ourselves from the situation for a moment. We can really allow the prefrontal cortex to step in. <laughs> What's the matter? Um, my my matter is, um, it. this sounds, it's like saying, I never do this. Me? No, no, no not you. I was going to say, no, I, I always do this. <laughs> it, it sounds so absolute. I'm wondering, is there room for moderation? Of course. Okay. As long as there's room for moderation, right? It's one thing to Depends go to... Depends on what moderation means to you. A smaller piece of tiramisu. If... Well, let's get into it. One margarita versus five. Let's get into that. All right. First, I'm going to say that support is a game changer. So many people need help with processing emotion and allowing urges. Uh, This is not something we're brought up to do, not something we're taught in school. These emotions that we have, sometimes we don't know how to deal with them, so we ignore them. We go unconscious and we just eat or drink or uh, in some other way buffer. It does not come naturally to us. We ha- it's a thing we have to learn, and it may require some deeper processing and practice. Uh, so coaching can make the difference between success or quitting. So if, if you always find yourself quitting and you just don't think you can stick with it, get yourself a coach, accountability partner, join a group program, do something that's going to give you that extra support to keep you on track. So building the foundations of willpower. Here are the steps involved. Plan at least 24 hours ahead what you're going to, if it's a a diet weight loss thing, plan 24 hours ahead what you're going to eat, uh, what you're going to allow yourself to drink or to eat or um, to do if it's an activity rather than a consumable. Plan 24 hours in advance if you're going to smoke or not, if that's what you're trying to give up. Uh, if it's not in the plan, then you're not going to do it. So plan 24 hours ahead. Write it down in your plan and then prepare. So if it's food, you want to prepare your food for the next day. Or you want to prepare yourself if you know you're going to a friend's house to have dinner and you don't know what they're having. You need to prepare yourself or maybe your friend and say, you know what, I'm I'm watching my diet right now. I will eat, you know, these things and I won't eat those things and just wanted to let you know. Or you could bring along a crudite platter so that you know there will be vegetables. You plan ahead and you prepare. And then visualize your following through, right? This is like practice in the brain for what you're going to do in the future. And it'll get easier the next day because you've already practiced it in your brain doing it. So let's say you're going to work you're taking your lunch, it's a salad with some chicken, and you get to practice it in your mind. Here I am eating this salad, eating this chicken. You prepared the food, it's ready to go. You take it with you to work the next day. And at lunchtime, there's pizza in the break room and cake and they're having a party. 
oh, I didn't know there was going to be a party. Here I brought my di- my lunch, you know, my salad and my chicken that I planned. Which am I going to do? I've already visualized myself eating that food. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with my plan and what I practiced doing. So you consume or you do only what you've planned. And by doing that, by doing that follow through, you develop self-trust and you stick when you stick to your plan 100% self-trust. I trust myself. I know that I'm going to follow through on my plan and I have personal integrity and I feel good about myself. I feel very proud that I ate my chicken and salad instead of going for the pizza and cake in the break room. So say we sitting there with our chicken and our salad and we're like, I don't want to eat this now because I want to have the pizza and the cake. Hmm. How do we handle this urge? Allow 10 minutes to experience the urge consciously. So you sit there with your salad and you think to yourself, I really, really want pizza. Oh, it's calling my name. And I want you to feel what's going on in your body. I feel anxious. I feel deprived. You know, start naming things and narrating to yourself. Here's what's going on in my body. Here's the feelings. I'm, I'm feeling anxious, which means, you know, I have this kind of a fluttery feeling in my arms and in my torso. And, and maybe it feels a bright orange color and it's fluttering and, and keep narrating, keep narrating and talking to yourself for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, sitting with that urge, understanding that urge. And telling yourself, you know what, if I don't eat that pizza and that ice cream and that, and that cake, I'm not going to die. I'm, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to be so dep- I'm not starving. I have my food right here. I have this healthy choice that I've made because I love myself and I want to be healthy. I have it right here. Um, so allow that urge to dissipate while you breathe. Think back or read back over your plan that you've written down. Journal your thoughts. You know, here's what's going on with me today. I had this urge to eat pizza in the break room. And I had my salad and my chicken in front of me. And here's the things that I thought about. And here's the things that I did. And when you do that, you're becoming very conscious of what you're eating or what you're drinking or what you're doing. You're not only thinking it, but you're writing it down, which makes it very tactile, very real. And then you can do something with it, right? You can work with it. Uh, And then (laughs) you're going to place a counter in your jar. So this is called an urge jar. Okay. It's just a clear jar. It could be any jar. And... When you fight off an urge, it's not really fighting, it's allowing and experiencing that urge, seeing what it's all about. Hold up your back so they can see there. So we have a jar and we have a bag of beads. And when we didn't eat that pizza in the break room, but we worked our way through that urge instead, to take one of these little beads and put it in the jar. And as the jar fills up, we look at it and we see, I'm, I'm overcoming my urges. I am developing self-discipline. Look, look at what I've done. It becomes a visual, 
reminder for you of that strength that you're building. I'd like to propose an addition to <laughs> Okay. Every time you don't overcome one of your urges, you have to take one of those little things out of there. Well, that would negate the times that you did do it. Mm. But let's get into that a little more. All right. And let me send you back to your presentation. Here. So the urge is to complete an action, right? I really, really want to go get that pizza. Really, really want to eat that cake. An action. Eating, smoking, drinking, something of that nature. So until that action is completed, that urge is going to want to be expressed. So we'll need to do something instead. That is also an action that we'll do instead. Putting that bead in the jar is an action that can complete that urge, give you that that uh, full circle or that completion or that closure that you need. And it gives you that visual representation in the end of all of your wins. While we're doing that, we are deconditioning ourselves and rewarding ourselves at the same time, right? Not going to follow that urge, going to do this instead. Not going to follow that urge, going to do this instead. Drop in the bead. What if the urge wins? This is what Toby asked. Think about, and I know you know this because you had six kids and you've had dogs. When you're training a toddler or a dog and you don't want them to do a certain thing. Maybe you take them to the grocery store and you don't want them whining and fighting and crying about every box of cereal or every candy bar you pass. So you never buy them those things. And what happens? They begin to know, mom's never going to buy me those things. She never has and she never will. And she's never given in once. So I'm not even going to ask anymore because I know that, that she won't, right? Uh, we didn't buy sugary cereal, cereals for our kids. And they knew that don't even ask because you're not going to get it. Because it was consistent every time. Uh, just like the bell happening before the dogs are fed, the Pavlovian response. They hear the sound. They know the food's coming. They get excited. Then they salivate. Uh, but they were also trained after that experiment that they would ring the bell and not bring food. And every time they rang the bell and didn't bring food, the dogs would be retrained that the bell doesn't mean anything. So they stopped salivating and they stopped expecting food when the bell rang. So you condition yourself to giving in to the urge when you say, ah, oh, just this little one, ah, oh, just this bite, ah, oh, just this small margarita. You're conditioning yourself to give in to those urges. And that makes it more difficult to say no later. Just like with that toddler, if you say yes to that sugary cereal one time, they're going to ask and they're going to whine and they're going to cry and they're going to throw a tantrum every single time you walk past that cereal. You do the same thing. We're all built the same way. We're all going to say to ourselves, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm deprived if I don't get that because you gave in that one time. So the more you can stick to your plan, stick to your guns and say, no, I didn't put it in my plan, so I'm not going to have it. The more easy it becomes the next time. 
So do it for love. When you're planning ahead, remember you're doing this because you love yourself, right? Either you want to quit smoking, you want to quit drinking or over drinking, or you want to quit overeating and you want to quit whatever it is. You want to change that habit that's not good for you into something that is good for you. And you're doing that because you love yourself and you want to be healthy and strong uh, and, and capable for the rest of your life. Um, with a toddler or a dog, rewards and love and consistency work best, right? Staying consistent, always passing by that sugary cereal, and never even considering buying it. Um, with a dog, uh, you don't you don't beat the dog because they made a mistake because they don't understand. They just get they just get confused and they don't understand why you're doing that. Neither does your primal brain. So don't beat up on yourself for making mistakes. You know, I, I had that piece of candy and I know I shouldn't have. Write it down in your journal. I shouldn't have had that piece of candy. The end. Move on. It's okay. We, we live and we learn, right? So punishment results in confusion and pain and sneaky behaviors or quitting. So if you're going to punish yourself then maybe you're going to just go unconscious the next time and sneak that cake in the middle of the night standing there in front of the refrigerator. Nobody saw me do it, so it didn't count. <laughs> Sneaky behaviors. Or a dog that sneaks up and gets a, you know, a biscuit when, when they're not supposed to. Um, sneaky because they've been punished and uh, they don't understand why. So when you experience an urge, you'll know that you have planned ahead for your best interests. So, oh, I really want to have that drink, but I didn't put it in my plan. And the whole reason I made this plan is to stop drinking so much and have better health. So, you know, you have that consciousness. So how do you feel now about that <laughs> moderation? So What I know is that it is far more difficult for me than it is for you to, to jump into these things all at once, right? And, and you know it. I mean, you saw me at the party the other night. I was there too. I wasn't any different. <coughs> <laughs> so, And my rationale is I'm in a social situation. Mm -hmm. It's just once and I'll make up for it by being Spartan the rest of the week, you know. Um but I think you're right in that the conversation that we had before that, the more often you do it, the better you get at it. Right. Uh, and the more often you don't do it, the worse you get at it. You understand you know? this so well when it comes to small children, because I know yeah. you've talked about your daughters and how their kids don't listen and they listen to you mm -hmm. because they know you have your set way of doing things and it's very consistent. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure mama has given in a couple of mm -hmm. times because mamas get mm -hmm. very tired of making a thousand decisions a day mm -hmm. and, and being whined at, and so they give in. And once you give in once, that little toddler runs the, <laughs> runs the roost. Well, honestly, <laughs> that's why I think Sean says, says, can you watch the boys this weekend? Because they come home partially trained each time, you know. No, 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 you don't leave your dishes on the table. You rinse them and you put them in the dishwasher. But if you had to do that, all day long, yeah, every it would day, crazy. Yeah. you would get very tired, yeah. Yeah. very exhausted by it. But when the kids know you're always consistent, this is all, what is always requested of them in all that plate, in all places. You know, if they had to do it at home, they would do it everywhere, mm -hmm. right? 
They yeah. would go to a friend's house. Right. Oh, we put the dishes away at home. This is what we do. This is what everybody must do. This is just expected. We just do it. Yeah. So, but when you let them get away with stuff every now and then, then they just like, eh. <laughs> I, I remember I was with, uh, I don't know whether it was Brian or Erica, and one of the kids was about to do something, and I looked at them and I said, don't touch that because it would have been dangerous for them. And the, the person, they looked up at me and they walked away, you know. And I think it was Erica. She said, how did you do that? Like, what's the secret to doing that? Being and, consistent. <clears throat> and it's the consistency. You're right. It's exactly. the consistency. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you always say no about something. Uh, Calling you know, from my eye doctor. Hello. According to our records, it's hello. time for your next eye exam. <laughs> Stop it. If you always say no about a certain thing, then your kids know. That's always a no. Don't even bother to ask because she's never going to say yes. Uh, and if you do that with yourself, then you can really trust yourself to know, I'm doing this because I love myself, because it's healthy, and I'm going to follow my plan. Uh, document your journey. This is, this is a great thing to journal about. Anything you consume... That was not planned. Write about it in your journal. I had a margarita. Why? Hmm. Everybody else was having one. Why do you think you need to have one just because everybody else is having one? Cynthia Write made down me do your it. reasons. Hmm? Cynthia made me do it. S no. That no, is that is know. not no, <laughs> the answer that, that would fly. In right. your journal, you would know right. that that was a lie. You would have to come up with... What is my answer? Well, if I didn't have a margarita and everybody else is having one, I would feel deprived. I would feel what? You know, explore that feeling. Mm. And would feeling deprived <clears throat> kill me? Would it affect me so negatively that I can't do it? No, I can live with it. Mm -hmm. Would it be better to feel deprived or would it be better to raise your blood sugars, wake up in the middle of the night and add to ill health? You know, you kind of have to weigh these things out, but you have to think about them enough to know when you're in the situation that this is what's going to happen and you plan ahead for it. Uh, so you write how it affects your goals. You know, I had a margarita and here is why I had it and it affected my goals in this way. Um, and the changes I need to make to my plans. Maybe you want, you know, I'm going to go to Cynthia's next week and I'm going to want to have a margarita. Write it into your plan. I will have a small margarita. And then if you don't, that's fine too. But if you do, it was in your plan so it's not breaking that trust with yourself, right? I said I wasn't going to have one, and then I had one. You broke your trust. I said I could have one, and I probably would have one, and then I didn't. So good for me. Hmm. So either way, you win, right? As long as you planned ahead for it. So <clears throat> when we go for cocktails and you order, uh, what's that thing? Mimosa? A mojito. Mojito. Uh, you plan for that? Um, most of the time I do think mm -hmm. ahead mm -hmm. when we say, okay, we're going to do this. And then I'll think way before we get there. What am I going to have? Am I going to have this or that? 
you know. So would you ever get to the point where I would say, you know, I, you know how I am about these things. It tends to be serendipitous. Let's go to the Tanya, right? Mm-hmm. And would you ever find yourself in a position where you would have to say, I'd love to go there, but I, I don't want to eat appetizers and I don't want to drink a mojito. So let's not go. Because it's, it's at that point, it's I, I feel like I'm torturing you, you know. Well, we have found other things there that would fit into my diet. But if it was serendipitous and I had not planned for it, and I'm trying to lose weight and I have a goal, mm-hmm. then I'll stick with it. You know I will. Yeah. I have yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have in the past said, I'm on this diet till this day for this event. I want you to support me, and you always do. Right? I want you to know the green chili strips have zero calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, journaling. Yeah. Uh, so here's my recommendations. Plan ahead. Number one. Everybody I've met in the past year who's who I've met up with again, and I haven't seen them in a while, and they've lost weight. I've asked them, "How did you do it? What worked?" And they both and they've all said. Uh, well, I planned ahead what I was going to eat. I brought it with me, and I ate what I planned. That's it. That's all there is to it. Very simple, very important. Journal your plan and your experiences. You know, if you have an urge, experience it. Write about it. Really feel it fully. Stick to your plan every day. You know, it's like being married. I don't want to be married today. I'm going to go off and be single today. I'll be married tomorrow or whatever. When you're married, you're married every day, right? You've committed. Stick to your plan just like that. Fully experience your urges. Use your counter jar or your jar of... You don't have to use beads. You can use pennies. Um, Just something visual. Something you can see adding up. Track your progress and adjust as needed. If you're trying to lose weight, you want to weigh yourself every day. And detach from the feelings of, oh, that number hasn't changed, or oh my God, that number went up. That's just information. Just write it down and treat it like information and don't dramatize it. And get support. If you're having a real tough time with this, get some coaching. And you can start overcoming your urges starting today, getting the support you need to commit to your goals, and learning the best way to enjoy the transitional journey from here to where you want to be. There's a link in the description box below where you can schedule a call with me and we can get started on that right away. Now we're going to open up the phone lines and here's a prompt for you. How do you handle urges and keep your willpower strong? Our number is 202-815-1171 and Toby's paid the phone bill so the number should work now. I don't not pay my phone. This is the second phone, and I forgot to put it on the auto pay plan. So yeah, but we so, took care of that after last. Let's show, go so. to full screen and see what's going on. <clears throat> so it's uh, all quiet in the. Um, we have all quiet in the. Uh, Teresa Longo, Aaron Mastriani, and Sue Aguayo in the Facebook. So uh, it was all boys' night in the uh, in the uh, YouTube. YouTube. Tony Rusi, Steve Klein, and Jimmy Fass. All right. But well, no questions. They were just no questions. clowning around. You guys are awesome at all this handling of urges. Mm-hmm. You have no yeah. urges. We're They're defeated. <laughs> but I want to get into that. Um, 
moderation in all things idea. Moderation in all things has gotten us to where we are now. If you're happy with where you are now, great. <laughs> if you're not, then you got to think about that again. You know, uh, you want moderation in most things, but not in your health. You want to have excellent health. You want to have the best health you could possibly have. And that takes work, it takes setting goals and working at it and committing to it and reaching those goals every day. And based on personal experience, the older you get, the harder, the more work you have to do. But Toby learned a valuable lesson this uh, past few weeks. And I thought it was so good. I would. I think we should put it in a in a poster and frame it. And he says, "If you take care of your diet, your diet will take care of you." That's pretty much true. Now tell them why you said that. Um, well, because I track my blood sugars uh, as as part of my health. I track my blood pressure, blood sugars, and I have to report to my doctor about it. And all of a sudden, my blood sugar shot up, and. Uh, uh, I went back to analyze. So, so I don't know whether you guys have heard me tell this story, but back when I turned 70, I started experiencing all kinds of aches and pains that I hadn't experienced. It was like, I, I used to make fun of it, right? I'd say, wow, this turning 70 thing is like transitional. Your body just drops off the edge of the world. Mm-hmm. I exercise, I eat well. Um, but it was like everything... Everything I did caused a pain of some kind. And um, and so I was tracking my blood sugars, and as I was tracking it, I noticed they were just going up. And they were going up because I wasn't being as... I was, uh, I was giving in, mm-hmm. right? Cocktail here, cocktail there. Um, I, I don't know where I got the reputation, but people kept giving me bottles of hard liquor. Hard candies. Hard candies and things. The there were all these little all the things... Yeah. That that one day, and one day, uh, my blood sugars just maxed out. Like, this is crazy. And I went through the house, and I literally took everything that would impact your blood sugar in a negative way, not good food, um, but dumped it out, put it in the trash, and took the trash outside. And it happened to be a Wednesday, so I put it out for the garbage guy to pick up on Tuesday night. Um, I literally emptied bottles of liquor that were in the 65 to 85 dollar <laughs> range down the sink uh I, and it was amazing how much i had how much i had so how much people had given me like oh let's you know toby likes his occasional expensive whiskey etc cetera, etc cetera. uh ice cream in the freezer uh hard candy on the shelf you know i i just went through the house and i took everything out of the, out any food that really wasn't nutritious and um, and threw it away. I really felt like I needed to get rid of it at that moment and have the catharsis associated with doing that, right? So when you're dumping liquor in the sink, you're really saying something about, I, I'm effing serious about this. Um, and I didn't, so I did that, called Shelly, told her what I had just done to make sure that I wasn't going crazy, like, eh, is this okay, kind of thing. Shelly supports me in the idea. Because you did it for self-love. You're trying to live long and prosper. Yeah, live long and prosper. And within three days, I started noticing the difference. So some of the aches and pains went away. Uh, Stopped my, limping like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> my knee, the, the pain in my knee. That knee that was bothering him for three or four months. So uh, 
it really and my sleep patterns went back to normal. I don't know whether you, Shelley was very aware of it. I was having my sleep patterns were just horrendous. Uh, I mean, it was affecting me in a lot of different ways, and and I didn't have an excuse for it. My excuse was, oh, this getting old stuff mm. is really. It's not the getting old stuff. It's the it's the all that all that ancillary sugar uh, that you've been taking uh, without you know without recognizing that's what you oh, the occasional hard candy you know eh, I had a jar of the hard candy at the yeah door, and he so had one in his mouth most of the time yeah <laughs> and, and so uh, it really had an impact in the sense that all those things that I was experiencing as a result of that went away then then you know. Uh, the, there is caution uh, to all of that. Uh, we had a party at uh, my house on Saturday, and I did have a drink uh, that was a malt liquor, so it wasn't bad. We didn't have anything for dessert that night, did we? Yeah, you had the pumpkin pie. Oh, the pumpkin pie, right. Uh, and then the following Monday, just two days later, we went to another party because we had friends in town, and um, and the same thing happened, one cocktail. So I reduced it, and... The, the the bad stuff started happening. I woke up in the middle of the night. I felt terrible. I had a, you know, just a weird night night of sleep. And I realized that there's a direct connection to it. And if you watch your diet, if you're serious about your diet, one of the nice things about Shelly coming over is it forces me to make a Shelly class dinner, <laughs> right? A really good and healthy dinner. And we've gotten to the point where, I don't know, some people would say it was boring, but I know that we're going to have a salad and we're going to have a grain-fed uh, beef. Grass-fed. Grass-fed grass uh, beef. And um, and it's great because I know that night I'm going to get a great night's sleep. Yeah. I'm going to get an excellent night's sleep. And, and when you sleep well and you feel better, right. then you can exercise more, which makes you feel even better. Right. And you continue to make all those good choices. It yeah. builds up that momentum of good health. I, I spent three months complaining about how bad my knees were. And mm -hmm. they literally fixed themselves within three days of me changing my diet. And I was walking on the bosque. I was doing things that I hadn't done. I took both my braces off. As a matter of fact, uh, one day I was in the, in, in, uh, in the hallway. And I was really annoyed at the braces I was having to wear. And I literally ripped them off. And just, I think I threw them in the bathroom. Yeah. Were they, are they still there? I should get them. <laughs> they, were, they were there yesterday. Like, oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, I took my uh, both knee braces off and realized I'm okay. I don't need these anymore. And I was, I, was, I was surprised at myself because what I was doing, what had happened was, now there's still times where going downhill, I have to be cautious, but that's because I'm still recovering from it. But one of the things that was weird is I had been limping so much that I had developed a... Uh, a, a mental limp, like I was limping, even though I didn't need to. Yeah. And uh, and so, uh, but it's changed in less than a week. I mean, literally less than a week. Yeah. So. And I knew Monday night too. I was like, no, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to have water. And I started off with water. And then, oh, you sure you don't want any? Oh, there's some wine. I'll have some wine. And I'm like, okay, I'll have a little wine. And I knew I'm going to get a headache. I get a headache every time I drink anything alcoholic anything and yep sure enough i got a headache that night and i was just like you need to learn from this yeah. <laughs> you need to not drink anymore you get a headache every time yeah. it's not good for you so yeah it, it takes it takes that constant right re 
being conscious, right? Yeah. Being aware, um, writing it in your journal. I don't want to drink anymore. And here are the reasons why it gives me a headache. I don't sleep well. I don't feel very good. You know, all the reasons and then stick with it because every time you just, Oh, just this once there, you, there goes your, your trust of yourself and yeah. your integrity. And, and uh, drinking the water, to, you know, replacing sodas. So I replaced sodas with club soda, uh, but I've replaced club soda with a, a lot more water. Yeah. Uh, which, again, you're, you're surprised at how, how, how much you need it just to feel good about yourself, feel healthy about yourself. So it changed the numbers. I mean, because I tracked the numbers, it changed the numbers. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. So... Uh, and like he said, the older we get, the more we immediately notice because we're just, you know, it, it can easily so affect us so easily. And we mm -hmm. have to be totally conscious and aware of what's going on. What am I putting in my mouth? How is it making me feel? Do I want this? And, and then the other thing, too, is once you become, lose that immobility, your your interest in life increases because you get to start doing things that you you know, you yeah. couldn't do. I was really yeah. excited yesterday or, or on Monday because uh, we needed to shoot a short video uh, for our other channel. And I hadn't, I was so immobile. It required getting to some place where there was river sand, river bottom and arroyo. And um, as I was doing it, I, I didn't notice it. Shelly did uh, because I, uh, you know, I picked up my, uh, monopod and camera, which is probably 15 pounds, and it, it didn't hurt to do that. And I walked down the thing, and for the first time in a long time... I was I walking was, behind him, and yeah, I was like, hey, you're I not was, she was, Yeah, <laughs> she was having to catch up with me, and it was really a good feeling just having that mobility back again where you could start doing things that you really enjoy. You know, yeah. I enjoy riding a bike. I enjoy going for a walk on the bosque. I enjoy you know, shooting footage on the way that we used to when we were making films and stuff like that. I enjoy all of that. And, um, and I was, I was making excuses mm. and, and my Fitbit is the best that, that I'm not a big Fitbit guy person, but it's <laughs> fun, uh, when you, you literally see, uh, the lowering your, of your activity, you know, when you go from 10,000 steps a day, and that's not going for a walk. That's just being busy around the house and doing stuff versus 1,500 steps a day. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I was doing 1,500 steps a day, you know, because most of my day was spent either laying in bed or sitting on the couch watching, you know, uh, TV. Uh, but it started picking up again. So I'm starting yeah. to get back to those you know, five to 10,000 days instead so I of think the, I'm, I think we need to have a poster made that says, if I take care of my diet, my diet, my diet takes will take care, care of me. I think me. that's a great poster. <laughs> I think that's a great poster. Yeah. You know, if I take care of my diet, my diet takes care of me. That's right. Because it all starts there. It does. You know, they say diet and exercise, and one assumes they have to go together. You're not going to exercise if your diet isn't getting you to the point where you can exercise. That's right. So that's right. I'm going to make that poster for both of us. All right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start giving it away to people. That's a good yeah. idea. I like it. That'll be cool. All right. So thanks for being here and for the... Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait what, what show are we, what doing? Are we doing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for the softer side, I'm your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com 
and visit the free Member Vault for more great tips and ideas at eSofterSide.com.